This is CliffCentral.com. Future CEOs on CliffCentral.com. Welcome back to Future CEOs. My name is Gareth Armstrong. If you've just joined us, you missed a conversation which was, I think, fascinating, which was enlightening, and we, where we were discussing intuition versus rational thought. Do, do we trust our gut or don't we? How do we trust our gut is another question. We didn't really explore that that much. Lisa, you're still in studio with us. Thank you. Do you want to introduce who we've now intro- brought into studio? Because uh, you were you were singing her praises uh, to me, and you've done it twice now via email and then earlier today. To I'd be intru- honoured yeah. to have the opportunity to introduce Nokwazi and Zobe. Yeah, over to you. <laughs> so Nokwazi is um, the owner of Matanyana Consulting. She's a fascinating, dynamic local Josie girl who's shaking up the world of entrepreneurs, and her drive and passion and interest is in. Coaching, creating more entrepreneurship and working within the entrepreneurship space in South Africa. That's not where she started, though. Mm. She started in a classical education, you know, studied and went into the corporate world. And at the age of 26, found herself in a very senior position in a multinational company, Procter & Gamble, head of a division working with other executives. Not not just any division, a very large division. Supply and demand, yeah. Um, so not exactly head of that division. I was um, the, the demand controller for um, a brand that they just acquired. Um, okay. For Gillette. Yes, yeah, for Sub-Sahara Africa. Okay, well, I mean, Gillette's no small brand in and of itself. So Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay, very nice. Sorry, over to so you. So 26 was in, you know, success as you call it, mm. but knew that there was something that wasn't connecting, knew Mm. that there needed to be a change. And as much as she had had a successful, happy, well-serving career within Brockdown and Gabble, it wasn't serving her anymore. Mm. She needed to make a decision and move. And she'd transitioned into another corporate organization, Nokia, in an equally senior level position, thinking, well, maybe if I swap this for that, then it's going to be better. And that wasn't right. And that was when she really transitioned away from corporate completely. And... And you're smiling <laughs> broadly, not quasi. This is your journey. Yes, it, it, it is my journey. I think, um, you know, I always say to people, I really enjoyed corporate. Mm. Um, I enjoyed it. I did well in corporate. Um, Clearly, 26, uh, heading up some big stuff there. Um, but I think for me, I always had this thing that what if there's something else? What if I worked this hard? Because for these companies, you have to work really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, this hard for myself. Could I do something more? And and also, I would always be... I was always the one who... I was part of the Employment Equity Committee. I was the one who asked the challenging questions. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I remember even challenging my boss once, saying that, you know... Um, as a multinational, you're not doing enough for the country and, you know, and him just kind of telling me, well, by us being here in South Africa, we, we are making an impact mm. and never quite being comfortable with that. And when I look at that retrospectively, I actually realized that it was less about the, the company, but more about me, mm. um, wanting to, to do more than just, I don't know, forecasting or reporting numbers, um, the type of work that I was doing when I was in corporate. I guess, uh, so I guess what we must speak about today is this transition from a corporate environment to where you are today, what you're doing today. 
And what I also would like to highlight are some of the the risks, but then also some of the requirements to be able to do that. I think too many of us, and maybe this is people following their intuition and gut and all that, <laughs> <laughs> listen to the previous conversation to learn more about that. But m- maybe when, or not maybe, rather when, when people do seem to feel these feelings, sometimes they jump ship and they're not ready for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you seemed like you were ready for it. Would you, would, is that accurate? Yes, I think I was ready for it. I mean, I spent eight and a half years in corporate. Okay. Um, and even when I left, I left to go do my MBA. Okay. And um, because I actually have a science background, so I'm a scientist. And Just t- tell us, what did you study? So I studied cell biology and okay. psychology. Okay. Did my honors in psych. Even my thesis was around a combination of biology and psychology mm-hmm. in honors. And, um, but the one thing, it was interesting. My third year, my thesis was on invasive snails. And, (laughs) (laughs) and, um, I just remember just being in, um, the lab the whole time and all my friends were always having fun and I was stuck in the lab and Mm. I was like, okay, this is not me. Then I thought, okay, my minor's psych, maybe, cause I always want to help people. Maybe let me go do psych. So I did my honors in psych and I came up to VITS. Um, but then we did, um, counseling at Sun City and, um, my thesis was on HIV women and something like that and spent a lot of time at Bayer Granite. And I was just like, no, this is too depressing. This is not for me. It's good that you explored it though. At least, yes. at least you put yourself in those environments. Yeah. And so, um, funny enough, I actually said to my mom, I want to become an au pair. And my mom was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> <And> <laughs> how many Pause. of our, uh, how uh, many of our parents do, <coughs> excuse me. <laughs> Influence the decisions that we have to make and guide us. But just pausing there, Nokwazi, when you were in your studies, you might have gone along a dancing route too. You were a creative dancer. You had that option too yes. to run with it. So you went through the degree. Of, you went to the science degree because that was what felt right. That was a logical thing. But there was a calling that was happening that was dance related. Yes. Yeah, so, so I started doing ballet when I was nursery school actually, and um, did ballet through primary and then high school I stopped um, and um, but I was still involved in a lot of uh, dancing through our school plays mm. so when we got to varsity um, two of my friends who were in the drama department called me up and they're like Knox um, there's auditions don't you want to go try out and I'm like I'm a science student and like that's not for me and but, like, but you were saying that why were you saying that because you truly felt you were a science student or was it because you had this this push from a family context or family environment that said you must be a science student. And, and you know, funny enough, even though I was a, f- uh, yeah, I was a science student, but it even wasn't from the family. Family, my family is very business oriented. So my mom actually wanted me to go the business accounting route because okay. that's the way the family goes. So I had two options. It was either like accounting um, or probably would have been like medicine and mm. stuff. And I think at that stage, I actually wanted to become a doctor. Mm. So, yeah, so I said, I'm a scientist, you know, this is not me. And, um, but they convinced me to, to come for the auditions and I got in. So there was a science student and I went to UKZN. So the science lab was on the other side of the campus and the drama and dancing was on the other side. So mm. I was part of the Flatfoot Dance Company and I did contemporary dance. Um, but also I think I also kind of sabotaged myself because, um, 
I was selected for a specific end of year dance um, showpiece that we were having. So a few people, even from the dance company, were selected. And I was meant to come back early for the holidays, and I didn't. And I decided to go party with friends instead of spending my whole <laughs> six weeks training and dancing. Mm. Um, but um, I think the key thing is that at the end they, of the year, the school, the school of dance and drama kind of said, you know, um, don't you want to become a full-time dance student so you can stay part of the dance company? Um, and that was never going to go down while at home. So I, I, I stuck, stuck with the science, stuck with the science, um, because that was the logical thing to do. So what, what I appreciate about, appreciate about your journey is that you've had a lot of different opportunities and you've had to make certain decisions in spite of some of the, or you have made certain decisions in spite of some of the feelings that you've had, which, which really means that you've had to think through some of it, that you've had to feel through some of it, mm. um, which then brings us to this idea that uh, or th- this point where you're at a high point or uh, seemingly on an, on a really upward good, trajectory, yeah, a good point <laughs> in your career, which is on an upward tra- trajectory, uh, but then you decide I'm going to leave. Talk us through that. So um, I was an expatriate. I was based in Nairobi, and I was a business controller, so head of finance for East and Southern Region, looking after um, eight markets. Okay, and eight markets. I mean, eight that's markets, big. yeah, from a finance and control perspective. And um, funny enough, we were already having discussions about my next um, move, which was probably going to be somewhere in Europe. Um, mm. And I just, I actually just, one morning walked into the office, called my boss, and I said to him, Mike, I'm resigning. And he was like, what? And I was like, I'm resigning. And it was quite a big thing. Mm. And um, You just weren't feeling it anymore. I wasn't. I wasn't. It was just... Um, and it was very interesting because then the company thought maybe I need a sabbatical. And so we ended up um, putting together a proposal for a sabbatical. And um, even them going to the point of saying that if you come back, we'll po- partially um, sponsor your studies. Mm. And um, So you're a hotshot. I mean, no one just t- offers you and re-offers <laughs> and, and says, no, stay stay with us and we'll even give you this. Tries and to cookie yeah. cut a reason to keep her. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You know, and um, and I must be honest, I I loved working for Nokia. Mm. Uh, it was a great company. Um, my bosses were amazing. My team was amazing. Um, but I was just something just wasn't right anymore. I was just always stressed, always tired, always something. So I decided to take a break, and my break was actually to go study and mm. do um, my MBA. And the one thing I was very clear about is that it had to be international, and it had to be for one year. Mm. Um, so I ended up in the States in a school called Halt International Business School, which is the former Arthur D. Little School of Consulting. Okay. Um, and um, and it was really an interesting because I was based in Boston, they have five campuses around the world and there were 50 nationalities in my class. And it was something about being in a school that was not your traditional um, business school um, that made me start thinking differently about my life and my career. I mean, and, and for the longest time, we were surrounded by like Harvard and MIT and BU. Mm. For the longest time, I thought to myself, you know, why did I choose to come to the school? I could have like applied to these other schools, but I chose the school that's not even well known. Um, 
Mm. But I, I think now, if I hadn't gone to that school, I actually wouldn't have left corporate. Mm. I would have literally come back and uh, already my boss and I were having discussions about which role to take. And um, so when I got back to SA, I just started uh, volunteering whilst we were still trying to find the right role. And my boss would say, here's a role for you. And I'd be like, hmm. Not quite for me And then there'll be another role Not quite for me I mean I'm thinking to myself How many bosses are willing to wait three months As a person says no this is not for me This is not for me And and I do want to interject at this point And talk about that for a moment Yeah. So anyone that is listening That feels like they are just going to jump out of a corporate environment Is your boss Asking you over and over and over again to stay Are they offering you multiple positions uh, and I think there is a test to see whether mm. you you have a certain kind of potential and energy. I'm not trying to dismiss people people's dreams uh, in saying this. I'm just saying caution, caution, caution. You know, just just put the put the brakes on jumping off the ship uh, just yet, and really assess what your worth and what your value and what your potential is. Really double check. And again, maybe You're this is not very rational. rational. Yes, I know, brain, I know. Yes. But <laughs> I, and I understand that the, the pre, our previous conversation, <laughs> if you just joined us, was all about intuition versus rational thought. But you, you must do that, surely. Yes and no. I mean, yes, you have to check things. Yes, you have to know, could I survive if I jump ship and leave my corporate world and go, yes, you have to have a rational plan that's going to keep you afloat. But you've got to follow what's that bigger calling and this is what Nkwazi's done so who better a person to guide and coach entrepreneurs within the South African landscape than somebody who's done it themselves but in an honest authentic way and bravely that that resignation wasn't an easy one Mm. how do you say no to a company that is keeping you so well Handcuffed. Mm. Now, with all due respect, organizations are phenomenal, but you're trading your time for money in, mm. in that scenario. And it's evident that Nakwazi's invite, that, you know, Nakwazi's employers wanted her back because she was good at what she did, but would she still be good at what she was doing if she stayed with them? And the decision she made to leave wasn't rational. It was, she felt it. And I just want to ask you this question because I hate uh, hate's probably the wrong word, but I, I dislike intensely this this word that is bandied about everywhere. Leave and go and do something that you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Now, did you do that? No. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm no. so glad to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> if you had said yes, I would say, okay, I would have conceded. But you said, okay, so what did you do? Um, so I'll be honest, Gareth. Please. I. So the one thing that did make it easier, so let's talk about the rational part. The one thing that made it easy for me to, to leave was that I am a penny pincher and such a planner. Mm. So I bought my, my apartment early. I didn't have any debts. I paid for everything. So when I came back home, I didn't have any debt. It was just literally I paid for my studies, but I was at a place where I'm just like, look, like you've got nothing you got to freedom. lose. Yeah. yeah, it was literally that. Um, and so for me, I didn't have that worry. I don't have kids. I don't have family to worry about. So that's the rational part that I, I didn't have to worry about. Mm. And then I was like, look, you've already left. Like you haven't been earning a salary for over 
it was now I think already 15 months because I went traveling for, mm. for a few months after my studies. So I'm like, you've already lived. You haven't been earning anything. You haven't been living a specific life. So the shift, you can do this because it's not a change in lifestyle. So I think for me, that was the rational part in a sense that my life was covered. But then I had all this free time. So I actually started off by volunteering. Mm. I wasn't clear that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I was actually even looking for jobs, but I was just like, I'm looking for a job that's innovative and creative and will give me, you know, and I couldn't find a job like that. I don't mm. think one existed at the time. And, um, I started off by volunteering and it was when I was actually volunteering and, um, sharing my skills with small entrepreneurs when a few of them started asking me, do you do this for as a business? And my answer was no. And then somebody said that I'll be willing to pay you. Mm. Then the next person <laughs> said I'd be willing to pay you. And it was, you know, and at first I was like, okay, this doesn't make sense. Um, but enough people started actually asking me for my services and in the beginning gave them for free. And then, then I realized I actually need money to survive. Mm-hmm. So then I started charging, but I was charging ridiculous amounts. It was really, really cheap. And, um, eventually I just realized actually there is something here. I don't know yet what it is and what it will become, but I'm willing to give it a chance. And that's when I started formalizing it. And I started saying, okay, here's a, there's a gap in the market. There are a lot of, of small businesses. And at the time I was working largely Joburg, Santon based businesses who maybe run boutiques or catering, you know, People can't afford a consultant and don't have those skills, um, but need them. Mm. And, and that's the market I was serving when I started off. I was also, um, also started lecturing, um, as a part-time lecturer at one of the business schools over here. Gibbs. Yes. So not, not just any business school, Gibbs, it, which, it is. which is, a, which is a great brand to be associated yes. with. Yeah. And it was also as well, it wasn't like I wrote to Gibbs and said, I want to be a lecturer. It was through the volunteering. And it was actually interesting. One of the entrepreneurs who'd sat in a session and then asked me to sit with her to help her because she couldn't understand. She went back to the program coordinator and said, I just spent two hours with Nkwazi and we spent a whole day with this guy and I never got what he said, but she was able to help me. In two hours. <laughs> In two hours. Mm. Um, and then this, this woman was amazing because she went and she's like, you need to make her a lecturer. <laughs> and then she, nice. she shouted enough for them to say, okay, we're willing to, to let you do one session, but we won't pay and see what the response is. And, um, the response was positive. So that was in like mid to end 2013. And then since then, I've been a part-time adjunct lecturer on the, the enterprise development and entrepreneur programs. Mm. And, and, and really then your, this, this entrepreneurial career has been begun to snowball. Yes, yeah. it has. I mean, there've been, and there've been so many times where I've like, Oh my gosh, what am I doing? You know, I didn't mm. wake up. Wanting to do this This mm. wasn't the plan And then This, I, this isn't your Passion right? Yes Yes It wasn't It wasn't the passion I, I think For me I've always had this thing That I wanted to help people mm. But help people How I've never been Very clear on, on how I want to help them And um But You know Just I love business. So that's why even when I was talking about corporate, I loved my job because mm. I love numbers. I like solving problems. So my thing was like, okay, if I can take the love that I have for business and 
um, pass it on to other people. Yeah, to fold help. it into this desire to help. Yes, mm. desire to help. Maybe there's potentially, there's potentially something. And I mean, it's been what? I think if I think about it formally, I would say the, the actual structure of my business has really been running properly for two years. Before mm. that, I think it was more, um, just navigating and just trying to see what's a fit and what's not a fit. Um, so yeah, so I think for me, it, it's literally been the last two years where I've become clearer to say that, you know, I want to help make, um, South African, not just South African, African businesses more sustainable. And, um, whether it's a startup, whether it's a township business, you know, or a Gibbs, I get to work with some really amazing, um, yeah, entrepreneurs, business entrepreneurs yeah. as well. Um, just, you know, whatever value I can add or what my business can add, um, that's kind of where we want to come in. Lisa. Round of applause. <laughs> so, so we are running out of time. We've got maybe a minute and a half, two minutes. Lisa, just you've you've worked with Nakwazi for a while. Yes, Nakwazi and I have been working together, and she's just told you the results of that. And what I want you to please quickly share is just some of the blind spots that she had. And Nakwazi, if you don't want her to share, just do the hand signal, uh, you know, along your throat. Along. Okay. So, but but just just quickly, a couple of blind spots that you picked up that that and as a closing to this conversation. Uh, this movement from corporate to entrepreneurship. So Nakwazi called it when she said she wasn't quite sure that this was this thing and people wanted to pay her and are you, are you serious? And she'd wake up in the morning and what is this thing? Mm. So it, it's that blind spot of not really sensing and feeling and believing and trusting in the fact that you can do something amazing and great and needing to have some sense of external validation. She wasn't qualified as an entrepreneur. She'd not done an entrepreneurial certificate. She didn't, you know, she was just this amazing person who had a heart and a soul and who'd studied and who'd opened her mind to different possibilities and yet was in demand by other entrepreneurs. Mm. So that sense of believing that you don't have to we love the degrees. We love everything. We love the we, we love the certificates and achieving um, levels of success in that world. But it doesn't necessarily have to come that way. If you've got the gift, if you've got an ability, if you've got something amazing that you can do that are, that's impacting people, then that's it. But people will pay you for that. People will pay. That's, that's the it. that's the rational that's side it. of me saying yeah, people will pay you for. <laughs> yeah, there, there it is. Yeah. So you know, don't jump ship and go and say I'm going to go and follow my passions. Figure out what that is first. Mm. Figure out what your passions are. Have a plan. Have a strategy. Get clear on it. Know what it is. Know what it's not, and, and know how you're going to use it. Maximize your social influence. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff. That's, that's yeah, the that, work that yeah. you know, that's the work that I do. But mm. yes, um, do it. Do it because it feels right. So the bl- the biggest blind spot was just perhaps that 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 sense of not necessarily doing it, not knowing it, and then doing it, and then not trusting it, and then doing it, and thinking, well, is this something that I'm that I'm doing? It, am, am I doing something? It's, it's a little bit of the imposter syndrome, mm. you know? yeah. And and we all feel it. We I, all feel I, it. I, cert- I, I I think we all feel it on an ongoing basis. And of yeah. course, you, you're nodding, and you just <laughs> 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 and. and I think it's a, there's a comfort level that eventually comes once you have got to a certain stage in your career where you say, you know what, I can continue to do this. Uh, why? Because, well, because I love to do it, but then also because people are justifying it by paying me. And I'm doing it well. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm, at the end of the day, there's a, that feeling of this was a good day. This was a good day. 
this was a good day at work. And mm. that's the measure. Mm. That is certainly the measure. Nukwazi, thank you for being in studio with us. Thank you for sharing your journey with thank us. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. And Lisa, thank you for sharing your wisdom with us oh, and your you. expertise. Uh, it's been a great conversation, thank you for a great hour. Wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. <laughs> uh, uh, there, there is certainly wisdom in being able to look at situations differently. Uh, wisdom that I don't perhaps have yet because of my rational. Uh, maybe limited, what did you call it? Well, Programming. We're going to get you into your right brain and you're never going to go back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's Future CEOs this week, a great hour. Uh, we will see you same time, same place next week. See you then. This is CliffCentral.com.